Hello and welcome back to On the Couch with Kylie Season 2. Thank you so much for coming back to this podcast. And if you are a first-time listener, welcome. It is so great to have you. I recorded this episode at the beginning of this year in February when we were sort of in the midst of the second wave, maybe on the tail end of the second wave. And now we're in the third wave in South Africa. And so a lot of the things I'm talking about in this episode, although are mostly to do with things that was happening for me in February. It was a year-ish since this whole thing started. We're now almost a year and a half into this whole thing, um, but I think everything I speak about is just as relevant, and it's really interesting to think about that as well. So thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy it. You're listening to On the Couch with Carly. Carly's Couch is a safe space to talk I'm a psychologist, but I'm not your pipe-smoking, tweed-wearing stereotype. Hello, and welcome back to On the Couch with Carly. This is a really exciting moment for me because I am back in the recording studio after almost a year. The last time I recorded an episode was just before we went into lockdown. And um, it's been a it's been a long and interesting year. So, and that's going to be the topic for today. I'm just going to be talking a little bit about the year that's been and giving everyone a little bit of a, I suppose, uh, a moment of reflection to say, well, what have we all been going through for the last, well, it's almost a year. And what should we be expecting of ourselves? What are some of the big challenges that we're dealing with, specifically from a mental health perspective? And I'm also going to give you some advice or ideas or tips of how to manage some of the difficulties, or at least some of the things that have worked for me or things I've read about that I think are really useful. So it's, it's, it's a new world. It's a new world. I just want to first talk about what are some of the common experiences of this new world. Um, you know, lockdown, that started and was supposed to be a three-week thing, turned into months after months after months. And here we are, it's almost a year later, we're still in some version of lockdown. And I just wanted to acknowledge for everyone who's in it, because everyone's in it, which is everyone except New Zealand, um, that it's that it's a big deal and that you are affected by it, even if it's been relatively okay and you're managing and I know a lot of people kind of have the mantra of if I have my health and I have a job and I'm still kind of putting one foot in front of the other then I'm okay and that should be something I'm grateful for it is but it doesn't mean that you haven't been affected or had some difficulties because of lockdown and because of coronavirus so I just wanted to speak to that today to sort of acknowledge it and say I see you it's okay it's it's allowed you're allowed to feel frazzled at times. We are going through a pandemic. I need to remind myself that every day when things feel overwhelming, when I'm stressed about restrictions or about the unknown future, I have to remind myself we are going through a pandemic. It's okay. It's all quite bizarre. So I'm going to talk about some of the things that I've noticed from a mental health perspective that I've seen and what the consequences of lockdown and, um, yeah, coronavirus in, in general have done to people. You know, 
um, I think a big one is this sense of loss. I think we should start with that. You know, when I last did my podcast, it didn't even cross my mind to consider that I could walk into the studio, pick up the mic and start talking. You know, now things, it's it's a lot more conscious. Every Every time you leave your safe home, you kind of ask yourself, is this something worth risking, you know? Is, should I have this contact? What if I touch something and I must sanitize my hands? You know, it's, it's, it's that hypervigilance. So we've lost a sense of ease in the world. We've, we've lost a sense that life can just carry on. In some ways, life hasn't carried on as, as we were used to. And so we've lost that feeling of continuity, of, of predictability, of familiarity. And with that, um, we've lost our identities as well. You know, there's aspects of ourselves that are connected to being involved in certain parts of our lives. And if you're used to going out and jawling on a Friday night, that has been impacted on by this. Um, if you're used to hanging out with your parents, your elderly parents, and not thinking about giving them a deadly virus that, you know, that would be impacted on. Um, so we are, our, our relationships, our identities are being affected. Of course, there are bigger losses, loss of income, loss of life. I know that when the first lockdown happened, it felt very um, distant and, and far away from us, the virus. But by now, almost everyone knows someone who's died of it, certainly someone who's had it. Um, so it's it's around and it's real. And of course, they're the people that don't believe in it and think it's a hoax and whatever else, but we won't go there. This is not a podcast to talk about that. This is a podcast to talk about what are our feelings in response to this reality. And loss is a big one. Um, so I just wanted to acknowledge that to say it's okay and it's okay if you're still feeling those feelings it's okay if you're still mourning your old life you're still mourning the loss of um, being able to make travel plans or the loss of meeting uh, meeting a partner that you thought you were going to do because you were going out and seeing people and now suddenly you're sitting at home more there's lots that has changed about our social lives and our lives in general and with that comes loss there's one particular thing that I see and it's still affecting people today and that is a sense of loss of control so even though I do believe there was a bit of a um, an unnecessary belief in control a, a, a delusion if you will that we have any control I think there was a lot more sense of predictability and um, continuity in life that we had. You know, we kind of could say, well, I'm going to be doing this for the next few months and this is what it's going to look like and then I'm going to go on vacation to this place and that's what that's going to look like. And, you know, obviously life happens and things don't go the way we plan. But for the most part, we had a sense that there was a future that we could plan for and that has been taken away from us to a large degree. It's coming back slowly but surely, but really it's still having a huge impact on our on our sense of, of the world that we live in, which is that it is very unpredictable, chaotic, uncertain. 
And those things do not make human beings feel very good. So if you've been noticing an increase in anxiety, an increase in anxious thoughts, an increase in social anxiety, worrying about what people are thinking, not knowing how to act in social situations, feeling awkward, feeling just out of place, uncool. If you are noticing that you are much more pedantic or obsessive about cleanliness or keeping things in order or having things done just this way that you like done, this organized, ordered way. Um, if you're struggling in relationships to manage the parts that are more out of your control and you're finding yourself becoming more controlling in relationships, I want you to just notice that and think about it in response to a very out of control feeling that this pandemic has has met, it, it's meant for all of us. And we will respond to that sense of powerlessness with um, with a kind of controlling kind of behavior. That's that's what we do. That's what if you if that's what you've used in the past to manage your anxiety you will probably see an increase in those behaviors at this stage. So anxiety is up. Worry is up. Um, you know, not knowing what the future holds is not a comfortable thing. People like predictability. People like certainty. Those things have been taken from us. So what do we do in response to that? Well, we freak out a little bit. We feel a little bit wobbly and everything that we have to do everything that we're expected to um, participate in or um, just, you know, any, any of our tasks in life will seem a little bit more challenging. And particularly if you're feeling like those tasks involve an emotional capacity, because I think what we have to address is the fact that managing a pandemic on an, from an emotional perspective is like a full-time job. Your nervous system is on alert much more than it was previously. Now, some people have very high baseline kind of alert systems. You know, we, there is this incredible um, link between how we were treated when we were very, very small and how we respond to the environment in our later lives. So some people expect stress and anxiety and our nervous systems are connected to a to a high stress environment we respond as if we are always in a high stress environment and for some people the pandemic feels like well finally the world matches my internal world you know now everyone's as anxious as I have always been and for other people it feels like it ramps it up and it makes it that much more um, demanding to be alive because it's that much more um, to attend to to be vigilant about so just notice which category you fall into, which one do you think has been more you over the last year or so. And um, also just notice how there might be things that have surprised you that have happened over the last year. You might have actually felt more relaxed. Maybe you discovered you're actually an introvert after all this time. And being away from people and having an excuse to stay at home feels great. Finally, you've got the best excuse for everything to stay away from people, stay away from life, stay away from the anxiety-provoking situations that you once used to force yourself to endure. Um, and some people really do feel that way. They feel like they're getting, they're getting off lucky 
being away from people. Some people are really stoked about working from home. Other people are finding it more challenging, especially the extroverts who need company. They need other people around them to feel energized, to feel themselves. It's difficult. And I also want to kind of do a shout out to all the parents. I think we really need to remember that this is the hardest on the parents. Whether you are a new parent or whether you have kids who are going to school, who are now having to do homeschooling, I think your job is definitely the hardest out of anyone because you are probably on top of expecting to expecting yourself to manage all of the anxieties that I just mentioned. The fact that coronavirus and the pandemic itself is scary. Um, you have also got another human or more than one human that you are responsible for regulating their emotions. You have to do your job, most likely, and you have to do, do the job of homeschooling or taking care of this child. And it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I think for the most part, it still lands on the, on the shoulders of moms. Um, you know, I think that that tends to be the way things go. But I just want to say for any parents out there, I think this has been a very challenging time. And we are not meant to parent in isolation. It's not natural. We are meant to be in massive tribes, in villages, where we share, where we talk, where we are in community. And not having access to our community, not really having a chance to share the load is extremely difficult. So that's, that's, that's what I wanted to start with, is just saying there's a lot going on for us. And just because some of the restrictions have been lifted and just because we've gotten used to it and just because we might be fatigued by it and would like it all just to go away, doesn't mean it is going away. It's still very much a reality. And I think that that's just really important to think about, that it isn't going away. It's kind of like sticking around much longer than we wish it would. And that relentlessness is exhausting emotionally. So anyone else out there feeling a little bit tired? Anyone else feeling like it's the end of the year already? It's kind of, it's kind of exhausting. And if you're exhausted, I'm with you. So here are some tips for how to manage all of this. I don't know if any of this is going to be helpful for you. I hope that it will be. Um, so first and foremost, I think you need to start with just talking to yourself about it. I know that on the days when I expect myself to be handling and managing and figuring it all out and being on top of it and sort of superhumaning it and getting everything done, just great. Those are the days when I feel the most disappointed or um, kind of just depleted because it's too much sometimes. And so you need to give yourself a break, remind yourself, just talk to yourself, say, hey, hey there. This is not a normal time. <laughs> this is not the time to be putting extra pressure on yourself or having high expectations. This is the time 
to just take it easy, take it one day at a time, take it slow, give yourself this period to just do what feels manageable. I've come up with this concept called radical half-assing and I really feel like it is, it's my mantra for 2021, which is that after all that we've been through with all of this up and down, relentless, out of our control, madness sometimes, it I think we have to just give ourselves permission to be a little bit mediocre sometimes. And not mediocre in a bad way, but mediocre in a radical way. That's why it's called radical half-assing. It's saying to yourself, I deserve to be allowed to be let off the hook right now. This is hard enough. And the most loving thing that I can do for myself is to be okay with taking it easy. Okay with taking off something, taking it off the to-do list, not ticking it off the to-do list, but just taking it off. I don't have to do that right now. Um, <laughs> I, I guess we could call it radical procrastination. But, you know, just just thinking about what we have endured for some people, it's not as bad as others. And there's always that comparison game of like, you know, come on, get over it. Your life is fine. But regardless, there's been challenges and there's an emotional drain that's happened. So just remember that we're running on half full, you know, and not to strain and stress our systems to try and meet an expectation that is actually just not realistic at this time. So I'm giving you permission to take it easy on yourself. And taking it easy on yourself doesn't mean not caring about you, not caring about others in your world. It's not that. It's the most, it's the most empathic you can be, but it's empathic to yourself and others. You know, it's about saying, I also matter and I want to be the most resourced version of myself I can be, internally resourced. And how I'm going to do that is I'm going to take it easy. I'm going to start. The, I'm going to stop this slave driver mentality, where I constantly see my flaws and my faults and my errors. And I'm going to rather approach life from a from a perspective of, you got this. You know, it's like you're the kid that's coming second last in the race. Are you going to be angry and annoyed, or are you going to be cheerleading? on the sidelines. You got this. It's cool. I'm proud of you. You're doing amazing given what you're dealing with. And if, you, if you're wondering, I'm on that side too. I'm there cheering you on. And I think a lot of the time that's what I've been doing the last year is just cheering, cheering everyone on. Um, in therapy, there are often opportunities to challenge and to kind of explore and to sort of work out things and make sense of things. And then there's times when you just want to say, hey, you're doing great. You just keep doing you. You just keep going. You just give yourself a little bit less of a hard time. Show up for yourself a little bit more and take it easy. So those are, those are, those are pretty much the biggest words of advice I can give you. When we're talking more sort of I guess, 
practical pieces of advice, I would say the best thing that we can do is to try to remind ourselves that we are embodied. And I think I'm literally the worst person to be giving this advice because I am such a cerebral person. I've spent my whole life being someone that doesn't really focus on the body as much as on the mind. And I spend all day thinking and talking to people. But I really think that when we, especially now with all these Zoom meetings that we're doing and all this virtual stuff and the lack of physical connection that we have with people, we can't hug and we can't embrace and we can't get close we have to do something with our bodies to remind ourselves that we are embodied creatures. So I really recommend any kind of form of any practice that is showing up for your body, being in your body, connecting to your body. And um, that can be anything. It's up to you, you know, whatever works for you. I'm not going to, you know, prescribe something. Um, but I know that it is proven to be excellent for stress, for reducing stress. And um, that's what we need to do because stress is linked to our immune system. We don't want to have a compromised immune system at this time. So moving your body is will be the most loving, kind and preventative thing that we can do. Then in terms of socializing and and connecting, let me just call it connecting with other people. I think we need to try and do that as much as possible. It's not always easy, especially if you're particularly vulnerable to coronavirus because you have to stay away from people. But this is where the technology comes in handy. I mean, there are so many devices and apps and things that you can do now to connect virtually. But even, you know, socially distanced walk, um, yeah, there are ways. You could even have a socially distanced picnic. You sit on one side of the park and two meters away, your friend sits <laughs> and you can eat your own food. You don't have to share food and it's relatively safe. I would really go so far to say that I can recommend it. Um, but basically we have to connect with one another. Isolation is not healthy. It's not good for us. So I really want to promote any kind of connection that you can make. There are other people that have great ideas about creating a bubble where you choose five people and or whatever it may be and you basically just see each other and you tr- and you and you promise each other that you're going to stay within that within those bounds and you stick to that. And that is a great way of managing this because it means that you're relatively safe. It's easier when you are young and don't have comorbidities, comorbidities to make that call. Um, but I think it's a good one if you're starved of social interaction and you need something like that. So there are safer ways to do this. And, um, and our children need to be interacting as much as possible. It's very, very important. So if as safer ways you can find ways for them to connect, it's so important. And you can do drive-bys with elderly relatives. There's lots of ways that we can overcome 
the limitations. They might not be fun. They might not be optimal. They might not make us feel like we're living our old lives again. But they are worth it. Just to do something, to have something. Um, so those are some ideas that I have. I think there's a lot of things that we can do mentally, cognitively. I think that we can talk to ourselves and unpack our funky thinking, you know, do some cognitive restructuring exercises. I think I've spoken about that before, but if but I could maybe dedicate a whole episode to that. But basically, research it yourself if you if you're interested. It's a CBT, a cognitive behavioral therapy approach where you do reality testing on your thoughts. So a big clue to this is that when we're anxious, we often are thinking about being, we, we, we are often thinking about something that has occurred in the past, something that we, that we are regretful about from the past, or something that we're worried about might happen in the future. And it's really important to just notice what our thoughts are about, what we're anxious about, and do some reality testing. Is this thought based on reality? Is this a real thing that I'm thinking about? And to remind yourself then that you are not in that moment. You are here right now. And this is where mindfulness comes in. So to use a practice like mindfulness is very important and very useful. Bring yourself into the current moment. Think about your five senses. Go through your five senses. Notice what you're hearing, what you're tasting, smelling, touching and seeing. And that will bring you into the moment and connect you with right now, the present. And that is a great tool to help with anxiety. And then also self-care. I've mentioned that before for sure on a podcast episode before. You know, the radical um, half-assing, it's really a, a sort of self-care practice. It's just doing you. Whatever makes you feel good, do that. Choose that. Choose kindness, choose lightness, choose nice things for yourself. Be the voice in your head that you want to listen to, the voice in your head that you want to lean into, the voice in your head that makes you want to go to that part of you and, and go towards it, right? Make your head a nice place to be. And, um, and then the other thing I want to mention is the idea of... Creating ritual in one's life. You know, I think we sometimes undervalue that, but it's so relevant. You know, do things with presence, do things mindfully and do them ritualistically. Show yourself that this matters. Even having a cup of tea and doing like a little meditation, you know, just showing up, showing up for yourself. So these are some of my ideas. This is just an introduction to this year's podcast series. I really look forward to it. And I would welcome any comments or questions. You're welcome to email me. Um, info at onthecouchwithcarly.com or you can find me on Instagram at onthecouchwithcarly. Thanks so much and see you next time. This podcast is recorded at Edible Audio in Cape Town, South Africa. Edited by Edible Audio. Original music by Alex Smiley.